on the man's cell phone. It was an illegal hacking technique known as blue snarfing, which would enable him to make a wireless connection to the man's phone and transfer any data to his. But almost immediately, his heart sank. The man's phone was switched to undiscoverable mode, which meant that it would be nearly impossible in such a short time to hack in. The observer didn't panic. He took another sip of beer and picked up the stolen phone. This was his backup plan. Then he sent a text message to the man's Blackberry. It read, Hi, Dad. Don't work too late. Immediately, the man nursing the malt at the end of the bar lifted up his Blackberry and looked at the message. Then a rueful smile crossed his face and he winked at Billy. He put his phone away, unaware of the deception. Unbeknown to the man at the bar, a Trojan virus, Wipeout, which the observer had developed with a Finnish hacker, had been downloaded and would send the password on the man's phone back to his daughter's Nokia. The password quickly appeared on the screen in front of him. Clandestine. The observer's heart was pounding hard as he keyed in the password and gained immediate access to hundreds of the man's confidential emails. He sent these to his laptop. Satisfied that he had what he wanted, he shut the laptop, picked up the smartphone, and walked out of the bar. Once out of the door, the observer strode down Wisconsin and into the freezing night. He afforded himself a smile. After three months' close surveillance, one of the United States' most senior CIA agents had just been hacked by a 20-year-old college student. 1. A molten sun burned above the horizon, its tangerine rays flooding across Biscayne Bay, igniting a new dawn in Miami. The light sparkled on the waters below like millions of mirrors, glass towers in the distance gleaming all around. It was mid-November, and the beaches would be filling up as they always did, the blazing heat forcing the sun worshippers to cool off among the Atlantic breakers by afternoon. Traffic on the MacArthur Causeway heading downtown was moving well, the traffic to the beach virtually non-existent. That would change as tourists, day-trippers, and locals invaded South Beach across the water as temperatures soared into the 90s. Deborah Jones sighed as she glanced east out of the Miami Herald's fifth-floor newsroom. It was the start of another week, and it wasn't even seven o'clock. Her schedule was punishing and seemed to stretch ahead forever. Assignments, investigations, and articles blurred from one month to the next. She picked up that morning's Herald, which was sitting on top of her entry, and began reading her team's latest hard-hitting expose. It was an undercover investigation of cops taking kickbacks from pimps and drug dealers who worked the fenced-off area around the demolished and once-notorious Scott Carver housing project in Liberty City. It was a typical article for her team. Corruption seemed to be endemic, from poorly paid police officers taking bribes to turn a blind eye, to high-ranking politicians with handsome holiday homes on the Gulf Coast being rewarded for backing controversial new developments encroaching on the Everglades. And to cap it all, there was the dirty money, especially from Latin America, which flowed through financial networks in and around Miami. Money laundering was an increasing problem because of the glut of huge banks in the city. Significant amounts of money, including Colombian, were held in deposits for international customers who nobody knew and who had private bank accounts. Since 2004, 
This had resulted in 19 banks facing sanctions from federal regulators who found dirty dollars in the bank vaults of South Florida. It sometimes seemed as if everyone was on the take. Perhaps her work had made Deborah more cynical over the years. She heard Frank Callahan shout from across the newsroom, and she snapped out of her reverie. Got a wife of one of the corrupt cops on the line for you, Deborah. She's real pissed at today's story. Thanks, Frank. Just what I need first thing on a Monday morning. He transferred the call and she picked up the phone. Is this the investigations editor I'm speaking to? The caller was a Hispanic-sounding woman. Yes, how can I help? Do you know what you've done to my family? Do you? Who am I speaking to? Caprice Gomez, wife of Sergeant Jesus Gomez of Miami-Dade.